Let's go. Give me your best home run call right out of the gates here on April 19th. I drive deep into the night, and much like David Hasselhoff, that ball is a night rider. <laughs> I can't tell you how many episodes I watched of that show with, with Doug Lowe. Yeah. And 100%. Tommy Gold got it. He got Tommy it. Tommy Gold, who's nice. in college, actually got that. He got that, which is impressive. Hasselhoff, that car, Knight Rider. Kit. Kit. Oh, God. Watch. Yeah, man. Did Tony Danza sign that baseball? Because he's the boss of that puppy. Puppy. Dog. That's strong. I love a good Tony Danza. Yeah. Hey, if you don't like Tony Danza, yeah, you don't like Tony Danza, get out. Right? Simply stated. Yeah, just like that ball. Great ball player. Great ball player. We might be onto something. Just like Tony Danza. If you don't like Tony Danza, just like that ball, get out of (laughs) here. There, there it is. That's it. It's, it's all Danza all day. All Danza all day. Um, how you doing, brother? Good to see you. We took a week off for spring break. Uh, how was uh, how was your Easter? How was your family? Great Easter. Family's good. Uh, Titus woke up a little bit sick this morning. That's not ideal. Three thirty in the morning, you get a little mom, mom, and then uh, dinner came up all over the master bedroom. And uh, at that, you know, there's certain moments where like as a father, a husband, you hear that and you're like, oh, Deb probably got that under control. But then when your son says, hey, mom, I barfed out of my butt, too. That's when you just spring right out of bed. You know what I mean? That's That's when it's like, okay, this is a this is his own defense. This is a two V one. And, uh, you know, I got the disinfecting wipes and uh, I got right after it and uh, dialed dialed right in. You know, that was my calling card when I heard that. So, wow. We, <laughs> I, I, I barfed out of my the honkus as well. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, you know what? So get to, out of bed, the, Chad. Now, how old is Titus? He's five. Yeah, he's five. Because and, uh, our, uh, our four-year-old, Aubrey James, same thing. She's fighting a little something. She wow. threw up on Easter Sunday. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I know, I know that all of these these things that that come out of, of your mouth and your behonkas, they they build immunity, uh, and and these these kiddos are toughening up their bodies. But yeah, same thing. She's been fighting it as well. So, um, you know, stay healthy out there, huh? Yeah, stay. Wash your hands out there, folks. Uh, yeah, that's how this morning started. That was at about three thirty. Uh, I did not go back to bed. I just uh, got up, did some cardio, and. Uh, made some lavender mint tea and here we are well you look energetic you feel energetic Uh, yeah i mean it's working for you i mean it might be my new routine Uh, well it's a different uh lineup today no guest first uh, episode in a while with no guest and um uh, what we wanted to do today is is kind of break down the MLB a little bit. We haven't done that in a while. You know, week two is done. So we want to look at these teams, maybe, maybe uh, throw some picks out there for who's going to make the playoffs, who's going to be in the world series. And then I posed on my Instagram stories at coach ball game uh, questions that you might have the listener for us. And we're going to discuss six or seven topics. Uh, some great questions came through. Thank you for that. Um, but uh, I, before we, we jump into the MLB, uh, I, I just want to, f- 
full transparency because that's what this podcast is about. Like if we mm. can't be genuine and honest, then uh, then why are we doing this? Uh, you know, I just kind of been a little down in the dumps past few days. And, and I don't specifically know why, um, but I'm sure you dads and moms out there can can relate. Uh, sometimes something just, oh, I don't know, tired. Uh, the, 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 the threat of getting kicked out of the house, which we are, we're, we're renting a house. We're going to have to move. Are we going to move across the country? Are we going to find a house? Like the whole buying a house or finding a new place. And it, it, it's obviously awful and nobody loves it, but that's probably getting to me a little bit. Um, and then, you know, got a busy summer ahead with, with MLB, I'm going to be coaching a little bit with them. I'm, I'm lining up uh, summer camps, but you know, I, I don't like to say that. I don't like to, um, I don't like to feel uh, vulnerable, but Hey, I feel like it's, it's the right thing to say here and now. So um, that's it. That's just what I wanted to say. A little in the dumps. And I think this will probably help me out. I mean, this this tends to give us an uptick in happiness, the both the both of us. And uh, I don't think that there's anyone, if they're being honest, they don't go through that from time to time. And we love you. And you you have so many acts of service built into your schedule that I think as you dive back into that, that's just gonna fill your cup up like it always does. And you're gonna you're gonna fake it till you make it, but you're gonna make it because you're the best. And uh, I'm thankful I get to spend this next hour with you, bud. I know it's interesting how how much I thrive on the job. I took basically two weeks off, other than uh, going to Utah and coaching a sandlot there. But I mean, I went to my job yesterday. I coached three different groups of kids, and it, I felt the joy start to come back. So yeah, that's telling right there, man. That, that, that I I would imagine some who settle into a job they really don't like, they feel. Uh, they feel this um, when they go to the job. <laughs> I'm kind yeah. of the opposite. I need it. I need to be coaching kids and uh, and and listening to them. And and I asked a bunch of them, "Hey, what'd you do for your spring break? Where'd you go? What'd you eat?" Um, and immediately, just interacting with these kids and and getting back into the groove definitely helped a little bit. But um, yeah, I I, uh, I appreciate it. And, I, and I'll definitely get through it, of course. Oh, but yeah. uh, I think I, I think I've learned, you know, if, if you can if you can let your your daughters know, hey, I'm not in control all the time. I'm kind of struggling. I'm a little sad right now. Um, I think that's huge. I think uh, I think you'll grow uh, in, in a relationship with him and with your team. You know, if if, if you're just not feeling it. Um, I had a coach in college. He came in the the uh, clubhouse and he's like, life's just not great right now for me personally. So I want to get that out there, let you know. Um, and, and if I fly off the handle or if I'm a little off, uh, that's why nothing personal, but that's that genuine transparency that, uh, you know, I think coaches need, right? No doubt. And, you know, like I said, just being honest and open and that helps us as your friends, like to be mindful of you and be thinking about you and praying for you. And uh, there's obviously some stressors going on. There's no doubt uh, having to move and, and the uncertainty of it all. Um, 
but I mean, like I said before, and I'll say it again, you're one of the best humans I know. So wherever you land, you're going to land there and you're going to love on people. And that's going to, that's going to bring you that energy and joy and that fulfillment that, uh, you know, that right now you're a little bit missing, but I mean, like we say, this gives us an uptick of happiness and we took a week off. So maybe we don't take any more weeks off. And in fact, we'll talk to the wives. Maybe we start doubling up on the podcast. I don't know. That's Ooh. just throwing stuff out there. Tip of the cap, tip of the cap <laughs> to you. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, th I think, I think uh, we're ready to uptick ourselves into the MLB a uh, uh, recap so to speak well, yeah what do you got what well, you wrote some stuff down on your board there I got stuff written down here coach ball game and uh, I just wrote down each division and you know being a west coast guy growing up next to the angels I'm going to start AL west and you know I feel like kind of the easy pick here because because Seattle's the sexy pick right everyone likes the Mariners I can't get off the Astros. I just, I feel like there's something there, uh, you know, and so I'm going to take Houston out of the AL West and, you know, Oakland's curious because they, they call it a fire cell, but they, they kind of always have talent waiting in the wings and that's when they pick their spots. Right. So they're, they're up near the top, but I got to go Houston as my pick out of the West. Who's your pick out of the West? Well, when you think Houston, you think pedigree. And, and when you think Oakland, you think, how in the world do they keep doing it? Like, they're way better than they should be. But they're leading the uh, – I believe they're leading the major leagues in runs scored, which, you know, that, that's just kind of what they do. And, and they, they win series. Um, so – the A's are interesting. The Astros are the team to beat until somebody beats them. Uh, the Mariners, uh, again, yeah, they're they're the sexy pick for sure with that young talent. Um, and everybody, I think, wants and wishes the Angels uh, to just stay healthy, not get hurt, and then, you know, put the biggest two names in baseball in the playoffs somehow, some way. Um, we've extended the, the playoff numbers a little bit, so there's more teams going to get in. And right now, uh, Astros six and four, Angels six and five, A's six and five, Seattle five and five, Texas, they got to figure out their pitching. They've given up the most runs and hits in baseball. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm with you. I got to go Astros. Uh, and then a sleeper right there's got to be Seattle for me. Um, I, I think um, the Angels could sneak in. And then the A's, why in the world would I bet against them? But if I had to go with one, I'm with you, Houston. Yeah, and I don't like Houston. Full disclosure, I don't like Houston at all. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know if there's a team I like less than Houston. As we go through this, I'll try to see if there is one. But I'm looking at my board right now. Houston's at the very top of the list. I think the Angels made a lot of good moves in the offseason. They finally started focusing on pitching, which I think is huge. They haven't done that in a minute. They've needed pitching for a long, 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 long time, and they just kept getting offense. Um, and there's something about that. When you don't win those games, you should win because of your pitching. That is draining to a clubhouse. Uh, but they did a good job. And uh, I think the Angels will make the playoffs. Uh, but, yeah, it's got to be – hate to say it, it's got to be Houston. 
Uh, AL Central, Coach Ballgame, you want to go first out of the AL Central? Well, it's the it's the White Sox division um, for the taking, and uh, I like what I've seen from the Guardians, especially offensively. Uh, Mr. Kwan, Mr. Miller, uh, go look that, those guys up. There, there's some fresh faces that are starting off hot, and J Ram could win the MVP. I think he's leading baseball in, in RBIs. Uh, he's just a special player. And for you young hitters out there, watch his approach. Uh, he will definitely, especially deep in the count, he will sit super calm with his lower half. And it, it looks like he's not even loading. He's just there and he just meets the ball and it goes. Um, and it, it's hard contact on the barrel a lot, plays solid defense as well. So, I like J-Ram to, to uh, be in the MVP race, uh, but the White Sox are just, they're a juggernaut. Uh, they're, they're throwing the baseball. They're hitting the baseball. They're going to do better in both those categories. They got a great bullpen. So um, it, it's the White Sox. And then, you know, the Tigers are interesting. The Twins, they'll be interesting. But um, I just don't think, uh, with with the pedigree in the East and the West, uh, with uh, with all of those teams, I don't know how many teams are going to make it out of the Central. So give me the White Sox. Yeah, I'll take the White Sox as well for obvious reasons. You know you have a good bullpen if you just trade Curry Kimbrell because he's excess and you bring in A.J. Pollock. Love A.J. Pollock. Uh, I think he's going to do really well at that ballpark. Uh, it's a, that's a band box. It's a good place to hit. Uh, Tigers, I like the Tigers. I think they're they're an up and coming team. Uh, good pitching, good young pitching, really athletic team. Uh, George Lombard, bench coach there, good friend of mine. Um, AJ Hinch, really smart manager. Um, yeah, I really like the Tigers. I think they're going to be a team to watch. And then the Twins. <sighs> twins are a good team too, man. It's it's pretty interesting, uh, and I like it. You got to like it as a fan. Like there's. Yeah, I don't know how many teams are going to get out of that division, but man, like it's, and you mentioned the Guardians, like that's a fun division. Like those, those are all fun teams to watch. And then you got Bobby Witt Jr., I believe in Kansas City and Witt Merrifield. So uh, that's an exciting division, but I, I completely agree. It's the White Sox uh, and it probably won't be very close. And then the rest of those teams are all kind of just going to be fighting for maybe one additional spot out of there. Uh, so we both agree with the White Sox. Love J Ram. Good call on him. Young hitters, watch him for sure. AL East. Uh, I gotta go Toronto here, Coach. Uh, Blue Jays, kind of everyone's pick. And uh, count me as uh, you know, just another, uh, I guess, body in the crowd, so to speak, with uh, Toronto at the top of my list in a tough division. Tampa Bay is probably gonna make the playoffs. Uh, love Kike in Boston. JD Martinez is a pro. Devers is elite. Um, but yeah, it's got to be Toronto for me out of the AL East. What do you got out of the AL East? It's interesting looking at the run differentials. Uh, Toronto, negative uh, three. Boston, plus two. Yankees, plus one. Tampa Bay, uh, minus two. Uh, God bless the Orioles, you know, and they beat uh, the Yanks two out of three this past weekend they're they're doing their best sorry for that fan base um but yeah i'm with you 
and it's the popular pick, but it's the popular pick for a reason. They just rake and they rake and they rake and they rake and that wears down. Um, that's going to wear down a division and it's going to wear down a bullpen uh, and they crush mediocre pitching. So um, I, I love the Rays are going to Ray and, uh, and the Red Sox, I think are my sleeper pick there. Um, a lot of people are, are saying the Yanks, but the Yanks, they got to show me something with their pitching and bullpen. Right. I mean, when you yeah. look at the top teams in baseball, the last, 50 years pitching, 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 uh, and then timely hitting. Um, so I, I like the Blue Jays in a uh, in a take it to the to the wire final week of the season. Um, and I uh, I got more to speak of with the Blue Jays a little later in this conversation. But I got the Blue Jays winning the East, White Sox, the Central, the Astros, the West. I mean, those are all the three popular picks with my sleepers being Boston, um, the guardians and the angels. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the Yankees are doing. I, you know, uh, no offense, Tommy gold. I know he's a Yankee fan, but like we were talking about this before we went on air. I just don't, I don't get it. I mean, they, they, they're going to hit a million home runs, but like ton of swing and miss, uh, they're going to, you know, they're going to win four or five in a row and lose four or five in a row the whole season. They're going to end up, you know, five to seven games over 500. And that's just not going to be enough. I don't think. Um, fun team to watch, I suppose, if you like, I guess, homers, but if you're a fan of baseball, I don't, I don't get it, man. I'm, I, that's just my opinion. Yeah, DJ LeMay is a little DJ LeMay, who's got a hot start too. There's a, there's a lot he? of angels in that, in that Yankee team, just the biggest names, fun to watch, hit a yeah. ton of bombs. The angels have the most bombs in baseball, uh, but still, can they get it done? Can they, can they pitch? So um, it's, it, it's not a, it's not novel pitch. You gotta, you gotta bring in pitchers. You gotta bring in bullpen um, and the teams that are being successful and surprising people early this season, it's all pitching. So and swing and uh, miss, NL hey, baby. Yeah, and oh, yeah. It's, it's and it's swing and miss. Like that's that's something that the Giants really, you know, last year they brought in a ton of swing and miss. I mean, just a ton of deception, uh, a lot of north south. Uh, yeah, so like you have to get swing and miss. That's kind of throughout baseball for the last three to five years, like the best teams have really kind of put an emphasis on that. And that's how you beat the Yankees. You, you know what I mean? It's like, Oh, cool. You hit homers. You're not going to hit the ball. You're going to strike out. Yeah. So every team knows where your holes are and not that many guys make adjustments. I know it's easier said than done. Obviously we're sitting on a couch, but your holes are your holes. And the Yankees have a lineup filled with established hitters with established holes that they haven't fixed yet. So they're not going to fix. Them. So when it comes down to the games that really matter against the really good teams, they're going to strike out a ton. So uh, that's, that's my take on the Yankees. God bless them. Uh, NL West coach. I mean, NL West. Yeah. I mean, it, go ahead. Come on now. Yeah. Go uh, for it. Well, I don't know why the giants are surprising anybody but it's like they always surprise everybody 
And, and again, on paper, it's like, yeah, uh, pretty solid, but uh, a seven and two start. They just swept the Guardians. Uh, they've won five in a row. Um, I'm, God, I really want to say the Giants are going to win the West. <laughs> I really want to say that, but I do need to see a few series against Dodgers to see how they match up because right now the Dodgers plus 30 run differential. Um, and I'll start with their lineup. It's ridiculous and it doesn't stop from one to nine. And you can, you can argue the bottom half of the order is tougher to get out than the top. Um, and when, when, when your number eight and nine batters are tough to strike out and tough to get out, you're just left empty and, and, and exhausted. So uh, with that, the Dodgers also have, uh, uh, with, with along with the Giants, have the top two ERAs in baseball. Top two ERAs, um, opposing batting average. I think the the Dodgers have the best there, 175. Uh, other teams are batting against them, last I checked. So um, people aren't hitting them. People aren't scoring runs against them. And they're scoring seven, eight runs a game. Um, so they might win 130 games. So uh, the Dodgers are, are the team to beat. I really do like how the Rockies have looked early. Uh, that's been the surprise. Everybody thinks the Padres um, are, would finish third in that division, maybe even second. But that's going to be a fun division to watch. Manaya and Darvish for the Padres. I mean, try scoring five runs against them, Dodgers. Um, but uh, until until somebody knocks off those Dodgers, I got them in first, and the Giants, I, they could win a hundred games again, man. It's unbelievable. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I got a lot of thoughts about this division. I think the Giants and the Dodgers. I mean, there's just something there, right? You got Farhan Zaidi from the Dodgers uh, taking really this. Uh, the same system right over to San Francisco plus Farhan's brilliant like he he knows how to find talent and find that kind of that diamond in the rough he's so good at it and it gives you that confidence as a player for both of those organizations when they bring you in like Andrew Heaney when they bring you in you have this confidence if you're open to it which both those uh you know organizations do their homework on is this is this player open to the adjustments that we think will work and it's an it's amazing it's just really fun to watch it's this beautiful blend of analytics with culture and um you know talking to brandon crawford about that clubhouse and just how positive it is it's really fun to see and it's and it's one of those things where you as coaches we're always looking for the answer right of is it winning that causes the culture or vice versa i mean I feel like the Giants built the culture first. And in that first year, that 2020 year, when they brought in uh, Kapler, they were good. They were right around 500. I think finished one game under 500. But you saw it that next year in 2021 for the, with the full season, just how positive that vibe is. And when you're positive, and we had Longoria in here, and he talked about just a great, great vibe, and you wanted to come to the field 
and you had good vibes coming to the yard, there's power in that. And at the major league level, there's not that big of a difference between the Giants and Dodgers and the Orioles when it comes to talent. There's a difference. I probably shouldn't include the Dodgers. That might be the best team to ever be assembled. But the <laughs> point is, like, when you, these are all the best players in the world. So can you find that competitive advantage? The Giants and the Dodgers have found it. Bringing in Carlos Rodon is a huge, huge deal for San Francisco. That dude is he, nasty. He's nasty. Talk about swing and miss. He's Mr. Swing and Miss. I mean, fastball's at the top of the zone. His curved slur falls off the table. That dude is like, he, I feel like he could tell the hitters it's coming. They won't hit him. I don't know his spin rate. I promise you it's high. It has to be. Like you get that, that, that perceived rise. That dude's nasty. Can he sustain it is, is the question because last year he, he got fatigued. But then the Giants are really smart at that too. They'll know with all of their numbers, like, okay, he needs a break. We'll give him, you know, the, the phantom 10-day off or whatever you want to call that. Um, I mean, no, they, just, they just faced the Guardians who uh, lead baseball in a lot of offensive categories, and they held them to like 2.2 runs per game, you know? Like, it's they just <laughs> – they don't let other teams score. No, it's crazy. And they and they score runs. So, like, it, it was always – even when I was in San Francisco, we didn't let teams score. We just couldn't score either, right? Whereas now they figured out the long ball. They brought in some just really, really knowledgeable – you know, hitting coordinators and, and coaches and assistant coaches, and they, they're doing all the stuff that the Dodgers did. Some of those guys came from the Dodgers. And uh, it's just impressive. It's going to be, yeah, I mean, both those teams are going to win over 100 games. Colorado, God bless them, I don't think it's sustainable. There's some positive things, right? They're 5-3 and three at home, 2-0 and oh on the road, which that's a big deal for Colorado. But Small sample size theater for Colorado, in my opinion. But uh, friend of the pod, Daniel Bard, four saves early Stop. on. Just Stop. nasty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bard's nasty. But, like, I don't know if that lineup can keep it up, to be honest, right? I mean, they brought in Chris Bryant, but they're probably a couple years away, and I know they have some studs in the farm system. Uh, Long-winded answer, but I'm going to go with the Dodgers. The Giants are making the playoffs for sure. Dodgers are going to win the division. Um you love Jock in San Francisco. They're going to maximize his uh, everything he brings. He's going to get a ton of at-bats against righties, be in the middle of the lineup, do great things. When they get to the playoffs, he's going to be a huge factor. Uh, but also, yeah, Dodger, friend of the pod. Friend, friend of the, of the pod. pods have been hot. Uh, Brandon yeah. Belt, hot. Brandon Belt, dude. Yeah. Bard, talk hot, about a guy. Jock, yeah. Hot. Brandon Belt, though. You talk about a guy who uh, my marker's out of ink, so I'm going to grab a new marker. Brandon Belt is a, is a perfect example, right? There was a culture that wasn't great. It wasn't super positive. And he was still very good, right? Now look at him. Now he's uh, – I saw a stat the other day. It's Byron Buxton, Mike Trout, and Brandon Belt. Those are the top three, like, offensive producers over, since 2021. Like, that dude is knows that everyone believes in him. He's being encouraged. He's being loved on. He's the third best player in baseball, and he's got probably the best beard in baseball, you know? For sure. So, uh, love I'm it. really excited for, for this week. Uh, we've got Braves-Dodgers, great matchup. Uh, Dodgers won game one last night. Bang. And we've got Giants-Mets. So yes, doubleheader today, at, Coach. Uh, yeah, doubleheader today. Just a lot of um, lot of epic pitching going on uh, there with with Giants Mets. 
I think that's a that's a playoff matchup you can go ahead and count on. That will happen, and I'm I'm excited to see some pitchers duels. Did you see Freddie Freeman's first at bat against his former team? Come on, of course, of it's course. crazy. Right after I mean, his son runs over and hugs Dansby Swanson, right? just, he comes up and he hits a bomb. Oppo, it, it got me out of my couch. I got I got so excited. I was just yeah. like, that is why we love sports, right? Is for a moment like that where it's like, okay, former team, like you know, there's a ton of emotion, and you know, it was cool. They panned right to Snitaker, uh, the manager, as he was rounding the bases, and he just had this smirk like god this guy's great and, oh. and you know what no hey the heck you got matt olson who's a stud don't don't kid yourself braves fans you're in good hands with matt olson um and he i think he had three or four hits last night too he's a stud uh like oh. trying friend of the pod loves matt olson so if he loves well him, yeah yeah we'll talk about matt more when we get to the uh nl east uh webb versus scherzer tonight must see tv jeez oh, come on. logan webb dude i mean yeah yeah, I can't wait. So good. So good. Tommy, this is this is gold, but we might have to drop this uh, podcast tomorrow just to keep everything live. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe that's our that's our second episode per week where we just drop it the very next day because it's a it's it's a nice little nice little way to recap the MLB week. Um, enjoy. Yeah. Dodgers, Giants, everybody else looking up. Yeah, NL Central. Uh, go ahead. I just talked for about thirty-five minutes. So uh, why don't you hit us with the NL Central? That's your team. Your well, team's in there playing well too. I'll start with my Cubbies. They're leading baseball in team uh, team batting average, team on base percentage, and team OPS. So you know what that screams to me is an off-season approach shift. They have changed their approach. That that was not them. Their identity was hit bombs, uh, pitch well, and win the 2016 World Series. And we tried to kind of do the same thing. Now it's, the, I mean, they've learned from, from the Giants and they've learned from the Dodgers to put the ball in play and get on base. Uh, they're taking lots of walks. Um, and then bringing in Sia, uh, Seiya Suzuki, is, he's must-see TV. Uh, because he doesn't swing at bad pitches. He crushes bad pitches uh, in the zone hard, and he's really brought a, a, new, a new vibe to that clubhouse. But, yeah, when, when you've got uh, the Rockies pitching staff saying that these guys are going to single you to death, that's a cool thing because I remember in 2016 they would hit – they would have nine pitch at-bats like multiple nine, 10 pitch at bats per game, wearing down the pitching staff, singling you to death, walks, getting on base. When we're leading baseball and on base percentage, I'm a happy Cubs fan. So uh, the pitching is kind of up and down. We've got some good pieces there. Uh, we're, we're, if we're in the, in the mix, which I think we will be in the playoff hunt down the stretch, we're going to have to pick up some arms. Uh, we got Hendricks, we got Stroman, um, but we can't just bank on them getting a win per week. Uh, we need some more. And um, uh, so uh, I love my Cubbies. They're six and four, uh, but I think it's the Cardinals division to lose. The Cardinals are nasty. Cardinals are so, so good. 
I was waiting. Uh, I didn't know if you were going to go with all that. that, With all that lead up, um, Arenado is in his second year with the Cardinals, and I think he's uh, he's going to be in a race for the MVP. He's just hungry. He looks comfy, uh, and he's leading baseball in uh, OPS. I think Uh, a lot of doubles. Plays amazing defense at third. Pujols is still hitting bombs. Um, but yeah, once they get Flaherty back, yeah, that's a tough, that, that, that's just, that's strong stuff right there. So um, uh, until the Brewers start pitching, which they're not, it's, it's pedestrian at best uh, with, with the likes of um, uh, Woodruff and uh, Peralta and uh, I, I'm, Blanking on my man with the 96 mile an hour cutter. Corbin Burns, you know, Corbin Burns. Burns, Good Lord. Um, I think they'll find it, but Cardinals are the team to beat there. 14 plus on the run differential. Um, Cincy and Pittsburgh, God bless you. Um, But uh, yeah, give me the Cardinals, give me the Brewers, give me the Cubs. And give me final week of baseball. Just hang in there, Cubbies. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I was really curious to see, because that's hard as, as a diehard Cub fan to give the Cardinals any props. But I do like that about your rivalry. You respect each other. It's not like Boston, New York, where you're just blinded by this love for your team that you can't respect your opponent or give them credit. I like that you're about right. the Midwest. Yeah, It's a very like friendly um, and honest uh portrayal of the other team you know uh, speaks yeah. to the so, folks in the midwest god bless right them. uh that's that's salt of the earth type stuff there Boom. i'm going st louis bang i'm going st louis as well um one thing that i learned from friend of the podcast sean dunston is that that's the best fan base in baseball and that's a man who played all over uh including san francisco which is a really good place to play new york and chicago fans and chicago yeah. and he said st louis is the best fan base in I mean, they're going to be rewarded with a really good team to watch. Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, Albert Pujols being put in the right spots. Pujols is hitting seven, his 700th home run this year. Dark box that. He's getting 20-plus homers. I mean, sure. he, he's in BP, he's hitting balls as far as he did 20 years ago. So he's yeah. still got it. He's got it, and he's going to face lefties, uh, you know, and he's going to start against every lefty, and then he'll get in at bat almost every game against a lefty. He's hitting, for sure, he's getting to 700. Um, I like Milwaukee. I understand they haven't pitched yet, but I think that's a little bit of small sample size. Plus, don't forget the shortened spring training. Those True. guys will get it ironed out, and uh, that's it's a really good frontline staff. That's a team that's going to reel off 12 to 14 wins in a row once they get locked in. I love that they brought in Kutch, great guy for a clubhouse, Andrew McCutcheon. Um, I like the Brewers. So for me, it's St. Louis. I think the Brewers make the playoffs. No offense to the Cubs. Uh, I don't see the Cubs sustaining this. But it is cool to hear the, the stats that you brought up. That's awesome. Like, that's, that's exactly right. It's a fun brand of baseball to watch. At least they're on the mend. And, no doubt. and, 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 and it's, it feels like a quick rebuild. Uh, yeah. And they're doing it the right way. But, yeah, they got to they gotta bring in some pitching. Um, that's my concern. My exactly. concern is, like you said, it's their pitching. And you brought that up. Um, but it's the same reason why I don't like the Yankees. I just don't. And even – even Hendricks, like he's really good and he misses barrels, but there's too much variability when you don't have the swing and miss. 
Um, and that's why uh, I don't have the Cubs sustaining it. But shoot, they're always fun to watch, you know, and uh, it's cool. It's cool to see. If the Brewers pitching staff and bullpen uh, stay healthy and figure it out, oof, that's yeah. nasty. On the yeah, back yeah. end, too, with Hayter and Williams. Williams. Yeah. So that that um, that's why you really have to just keep your eye in the rearview mirror if you're the cards. But uh, they both yeah, make the playoffs. The same page. Yeah, they sure. both make the playoffs. I got the Cardinals winning the division, and I got Milwaukee, you know, being a handful for whoever gets them in the first round of the playoffs. NL East, yeah, NL East. Uh, it's it's for me. It's got to be the Mets. Uh, currently seven and three. They got that big series coming up with the Giants. That's must see TV. Doubleheader today. Check it out. Um, I'm taking the Mets. Uh, Lindor looks comfortable this year, which is cool to see him bounce back. Um, Cano's back, and he's just a pro. He's a really good hitter. Alonzo's going to hit a ton of homers. Uh, Mets are a good team. Good pitching staff bringing in Scherzer's nice. Stick him atop the rotation. Um, bullpen solid. Yeah, man. It's it To me, it's the Mets, and the rest are also Rams. I'm not sure anyone else makes the playoffs out of this division. Atlanta is the defending champ. So maybe they do bringing in Matt Olson was a really sneaky move by uh, Anthropolis. Like wasn't sure he's going to get Freeman. So he just cashes in his chips for a four years younger version of Andrew Freeman or of uh, I said, Andrew, Freddie Freeman, like impressive move. And Olson's a stud. Um, but yeah, I, I like the Mets. Maybe the Braves get into the playoffs because almost every team's getting in this year. But uh, it, for me, it's the Mets, and I think they run away with it. Yeah, it's a runaway. Already plus 26 run differential, and DeGrom hasn't pitched yet. <laughs> DeGrom ha hasn't pitched. You know, McGill and Bassett have been nasty. Um, yeah, and, and then you've got Marte. Uh, who's starting off hot and that's a lineup Cano Marte Alonzo hitting bombs Lindor finally getting comfy it is interesting how these guys like Arenado and Lindor after a year or two of kind of getting their feet settled then then they're banging you know they're, that move uh, is a little little shocking and that's what's been so cool with Mr. Olson like he just jumped right in okay take Freddie Freeman's spot and he's done great. You know, that guy can rake, very handsome. Uh, he's, he's on the handsome baseball list. Uh, I hear he's just a great, great, great guy too. So um, I'm with you. Mets are going to run away with it. I, I, I would need to see the Braves uh, be able to beat, I think, the Padres to, to get into the playoffs. I, mean, I think those two teams, who's going to win the most games? And I lean towards the Padres. Uh, you know, Philly made a bunch of moves, but uh, we'll see. You know, we'll see. I, I like how the Marlins are, are playing baseball right now. Joey Wendell, one of my favorite guys to watch hit. No batting gloves, big thighs, tough out. Um, but, like yeah, Triple Mets threat. run up with the East. Uh, Cardinals in a nail-biter in the Central. Dodgers in a nail-biter in the West. Uh, there's going to be some great matchups uh between those teams down the line so how many teams make the playoffs in each know. league I, I think it's i don't know six seven now? saying it's seven i think it's well, 14 I playoff thought, teams it could be six yeah, i don't know i'll default to you i don't know 
listener out there, you know, you know, but uh, let's say it's 12. Maybe Tommy Gold, maybe Tommy right. Gold can uh, in the chat. Yeah, it's probably 12. Let's go with that. And Tommy Give Gold us a little research there, Tommy Gold. Yeah, Tommy, if you chat. would. A couple of things um, I want to touch on while Tommy's doing that um, about the human side of things, right? So Nolan Arenado, we brought up that in Lindor. That's the human side of it. Like it's hard and you're going to put pressure on yourself when you go to a new place with a new fan base and teammates and you want to try to show them like, hey, I, I'm going to be who you guys think I am, right? And it's hard. If it doesn't start off hot, it gets tricky really quick. That's why it's a blessing for Matt Olson that he started off so hot. These balls that he's hitting could be hit right at guys and he could be hitting 100. But, uh, you know, the baseball, what have you, universe, if you will, is shining down on him. And that's just going to help him and help the help the whole team. Uh, what's he say? Twelve team playoffs. See, coach ball game. You know. Bang biscuit. Bang bang uh, bang. All right. So oh. uh, let's look at that. So three additional teams. So let's let's go ahead and pick our our teams that we think are going to make it here. So I got the Giants. So do you? Right. We got to pick two more National League teams. Well, yeah. You like the got, Brewers. Uh, you've, you. Uh, I'll go Cardinals. Brewers. Yeah. Mets. Dodgers, Giants, Padres. Ooh, that's it. That's all you get. And that's what I'm going with. Okay, I like that. So you're going I mean, Padres. I'm, I love my Cubbies. I love you. Uh, prove me wrong because I love what I've seen so far. So there's my six. Yeah, yeah. You got the Padres over the Braves. I'm going to take – God, for fun, I'll take the Braves just because they're the, they're, the, they're the champs and, like, San and the Diego Braves is... don't have to play the Dodgers and the Giants 19 times. Seriously. And, it, and it's like San Diego, man. So, you know what? You know, I take, they have Bob Melvin. So they did make a culture change there. Um, and Matt Williams, I saw him in the dugout. So he's doing something with him. I don't know if he's a bench coach or a third base coach, but he's there too, which yep. a couple of brilliant baseball minds. Um, I think, you know Hosmer what? I like the Padres. Keep it going. Well, yeah, I like Hosmer's the Padres. hot. I'm Crony, in. great. Machado, hot. So if those guys keep it up, and who knows when Tatis is going to be back. It's unanimous. But, uh, yeah, Padres are in for uh, for the uh, for argument's sake. There is no argument. We're going to agree. I like that about us. Yeah. And, okay. And then, uh, yeah, yeah American League. Go American League. So you have Houston, Chicago, and Toronto. They're in. Uh, who else do we have? Uh I'm, I'm doing it. Let me hear it. Angels. Wow, you're going Angels. I wanted to go Mariners out of there, but I'll go Angels. That's my that's my childhood team. I like that. Angels. Uh huh. And until the Rays don't make the playoffs, give me yeah, the Rays. Tampa Bay. I like that too. That's that's standard. Uh, I kind of like Seattle too. How about that? What do you got on that? Or do you want to take someone out of the Central or another team out of the East? It's interesting. We I've picked three teams out of the NL West, and I am picking three teams out of the AL West. I'm going Mariners as well. Let's go. So that that puts me with Toronto, Chicago, Houston, and then only uh, let's see here: Angels, A's, and Rays. And, or no, excuse me, Angels, Mariners, Mariners and, Rays. and Rays. Yeah. Sorry about it, Boston. Sorry about it, New York. Yeah. Um, you don't like it, play but better. I, it, it, it's I, it's got to come out of the east or the west. And, man, those teams are going to beat each other up so much. I just don't see – yeah, I, I feel like there's more wins in the, in the west than there is in the east. 
So you got Houston uh, versus Tampa Bay in the first round. Who do you got? I'm just putting in these uh, basically like a bracket. Houston yeah. versus Tampa Bay. I like Tampa Bay in that series. I mean, man, that's tough. That's uh, nasty, right? <laughs> that's going to be a great series. And it's so it's almost flip a coin when you get to the playoffs, and that's a five-game set. Um, it's pitching. It's pitching when you get to the playoffs. That's why I got it, Tampa Bay. It really is. So uh, something tells me Astros, so I'll go Astros there. Okay, that means we got to go Rochambeau. You ready for this? <laughs> it's going to be one, two, three, shoot. And we're going to go two out of three or just one shot? I know you like the one shot. Well, let's go one shot. Okay, ready? One, two, two, three, shoot. Come on. Scissors? Uh, one, one, two, three, scissors again. Okay, you win. So Rock Houston, wins it. Houston. Yeah. Rock Verlander getting two yeah. starts, two wins in that series. I like what it. What do you Houston, got? Blue Houston's in. Blue Jays versus uh, Seattle Mariners. or LA. Sure. Blue Jays, Mariners. That's Blue Jays. We agree. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So and Toronto advances. Angels versus Angels, and you got to go White Sox there. You got, God bless them. You have to. So how does that work? Now we have three teams left. How do they, how do they figure that out? Did somebody get a buy? I believe went? we've got buys this year, don't we, Tommy Gold? Yeah, we must. And listener, must. Uh, you, you, uh, you're catching it. You're, you're, you're passing us on knowledge of the new rules. That's okay. Uh, Toronto probably. versus Houston. We'll say the White Sox had the buy. You cool with that? I, I would agree with that. White Sox are going to win 100 and some games. Yeah, Toronto v. Houston, who you got? Um, I've got Toronto. Same. White Sox v. Toronto, who you got? That's everybody's ALCS matchup. I know. And I'm sticking with it. I'm going with my Blue Jays. I like them too. Yeah. Toronto's in the World Series for, for both yeah, of us. Yeah, top two and division winners. I, I, so we can all agree the White Sox and the Dodgers are probably going to be those buy teams. Yeah. Because um, uh, top two division winners. So, yeah, White Sox get a buy. Dodgers get a buy on the other side. And um, who do you have, White Sox or Blue Jays, making it to the World Series? Blue Jays, same. Yeah, we're, same. we're unanimous. Yeah, yeah, we're, new, you're, we're unanimous. I like that about us. Dodgers get a buy. St. Louis – versus san diego who you got hmm. yeah i gotta go cardinals there i think flaherty will be uh will be impressive i think wainwright will pitch a great game um and until you darvish shows me something in the playoffs um i like Manaya a lot but it's all pitching there yeah yeah uh golly that that's a really tough series for me that goes Whatever the max is for that round, I don't know if it's a three out of five or a two out of three, that'll go to the final game, which is a coin flip. But uh, so we don't have to do uh, another Rochambeau, I'll take the Cardinals. I don't like the Padres a whole lot. So, well, the Cardinals been, will have home field advantage because they're going to be the division winners. Got that right. That, that'll have something to do with it. St. Louis wins that series. Uh, let's look at the Mets versus Ooh, the flipping Giants. Giants yikes zoinks can you believe it right no. out of the gates 
just like last year, Giants Dodgers in the first round. Hate to see it. Woo-wee. Yeah. Um, Giants Mets. I think the Mets are going to win the division. Mets are going to have home field. Um, but I, I think the Giants are going to beat them. I like it. I'll take the Giants as well. It's for fun. And then uh, I guess it's, I see it still doesn't work out. I don't know how, I don't know how the format is because now we have the Dodgers and the Brewers, but then after this series, there's going to be three teams left. So whatever. Dodgers, well, no, Brewers, we'll say. No, Dodgers, uh, Dodgers have the bye. Right, but then we only have uh, St. Louis and San Francisco left in Milwaukee. And the Dodgers sitting waiting, right? So it's tricky. I guess I guess the Dodgers would play the lower of the two seeds. Right. I, I think I think the lowest two seeds just have like a two out of three game. Uh, listener, sorry. Yeah, we, we sorry. Have we didn't do our that. homework. That's These right. are brand new playoff rules, but uh, the Dodgers are going to end up probably playing the winner of the Padres and the other lower seed, which could I guess be it kind of works coach. I have it on my board here, Dodgers brewers, and then St. Louis giants. And then the winner of that. Yeah. That, it actually works out. It's fine. We're back. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Um, your coach ball game strikes again. So Dodgers V brewers. I have the Dodgers. Yeah, uh, of course. Dodgers uh, beat the brewers, but that'll be a fun um, DS. And then we've got, or is that that uh, Cardinals yeah, that's Giants? The DS. Yeah. Cardinals Giants. You got to go Giants. I want to see it. I want to see Giants, Dodgers, NLCS. Oh Let's go. All right. I like that. And the Giants kind of have the Cardinals number in the playoffs. So that's uh, that's a thing. I was there in 14, and it's it's an interesting dynamic. St. Louis plays a lot of uh, – what's he got in there? Uh, okay. That's fine. Um St. Louis kind of plays a lot of mind tricks. It's interesting. Like, seriously, like even in the clubhouse, they'll have like, like they'll constantly be it's almost like a billboard of all their success. They're like subconsciously trying to get in your mind. Hunter Pence sniffed it out right out of the gate. So he would turn off all the TVs and like, like you're not getting us boys. You know, he's all passionate that. about it. I love it too. Uh, so the Giants are hip to the St. Louis Cardinals game. Um, yeah, Giants win that series. Giants, Dodgers. In the NLCS, I mean, let's go. A match let's made in go. heaven. That's right. going seven games. That's going seven games. And uh, who do you have in Game Seven? Well, I've, my, I've I've already got my World Series pick. It's Dodgers over the Blue Jays in seven. So, bang, Dodgers. All right, yeah, same. Dodgers over Blue. I like. Uh, you know what? This is not great for TV, but I too have the Dodgers over the Blue Jays. Yeah. And so we completely agree. The game, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll go seven. That's fine. Why not? That'll Let's go. Dodgers and seven. Right on the board. Unbelievable. Hey, I like that. MLB. Recap. That was good. MLB. MLB. Uh, yeah. That pe- prediction like that. Um, uh, there was, there's there a couple topics we wanted to hit with the MLB before we get to a few listener questions. Um, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll go with the Kershaw perfect game first to you. You've been in that clubhouse, you know, both of those individuals very well. Doc Roberts, a friend of the pod. He was on the podcast. Kershaw will be on the podcast one day. I just know it. Um, mm-hmm. when, uh, just, just take me inside coach chops brain while watching that game. 
uh, yeah, you could see it coming. Uh, Kirsch was only built up to, I believe, 65 pitches, maybe 75, I think was the max he was going to be allowed to go. Dodgers do an, an amazing job. They, they kind of script everything out. They, they have meetings before every game, and they've got everything planned out, kind of looking at every avenue. They get to have it down to the out, right? So if there's 27 outs in a game, they're trying to get X amount of outs from their starting pitcher, and then they have all these various runways where they're going to put their relievers in the best position to succeed. So um, that was – That would be a fascinating meeting to eavesdrop on. Oh, it's amazing. No, because it, it's it's brilliant because it's front office, it's Doc, it's the pitching coaches, it's uh, it, not just Andrew and other front office guys, Brandon Gomes, but there's also the analytic guys in there. So it's this beautiful, uh, yeah, just mashup of be beautiful baseball minds and just the smartest people in the game that are, and like I said, I'm sure the Giants do the same thing because it's the same concept. So they have everything scripted out. They have uh, I think I have one of the lineups here. I do somewhere in my uh, bag of tricks here, but they've got all their matchups, everything dialed in where they know, and it's all, it's all pre-scripted. So he was never going to finish that game. He, he probably got more outs than they anticipated, and they were able to save a bullpen arm that was probably slated for an inning prior. Um, Pryor's in the room, Mark Pryor. Bang. Hello. Uh, good little pun there. Um, but uh, he definitely hit the mark also upon Mark Pryor. Uh, with uh, going seven, but seven perfect. And like you and I talked, you texted me, perfect games, that's for the fans. It's great. Don't get me wrong. And the players love it. And once they get to a certain point of the game, it's like, oh, crap, we can do this. But that's not their goal coming out. Their goal is to, is to make pitches and to get outs. And in this outing, the Dodgers are doing a really good job. If you pay attention to what they're doing with the shortened spring, and I'm sure most teams are doing this. I just happen to watch a lot of the Dodgers and Giants they're just treating it like spring training starts, right? They're just getting built up during the regular season. So he was coming into this, trying to make pitches and continue to get built up. And he did that. And it just so happened, he was so good that it created this controversy, but it wasn't a controversy in the clubhouse. And Kershaw came out and said it, and he was authentic. And if he didn't like it, he would have been honest. But um, I guarantee the player didn't have a problem with it. The coaching staff had it already planned out and um, they handled it the right way in my opinion yeah the fan the fan in me uh, excuse me the fan in me didn't want to hear that answer the fan in me wanted to uh didn't want to see him come out um especially for barnsey uh catching a perfect game only 23 guys have ever done that you know and and i know i, I asked you when i texted you what went through Dave Roberts's brain after the last out of the seventh, because there has to be that moment of, Oh man, <laughs> he's still perfect. And I've got to take him out. The book says it, everybody in the front office and knows it. Um, but the, you've, you've got that human side to it of, is this something Kershaw really wishes for it, it you know could be his last year maybe it's not he's got the no hitter he doesn't have the perfect game what do you say to that uh rebuttal of um the human element it, ha it was completely void in that conversation Clayton Kershaw came back to win a championship 
So he didn't come back. And these guys set goals, and his goal is not – nobody sets a goal of I want to throw a perfect game. It's just not – it's a byproduct of luck, right? Because ball, hard hit ball, every perfect game or no hitter, that's an overstatement. Most of those games, there's a line drive at somebody, right? You're probably not going to do an entire major league game without giving up solid contact. You know, the guys on the other side have a big house and a fast car too, right? So that's, there's a lot of luck that goes into that. He didn't come back to the Dodgers this year to, to throw a perfect game. He came back to win a championship. And part of that is sacrificing early on in the season, you know, the later part of games so that he can stay healthy. Uh, he's had injuries the last couple of years coming off of an elbow injury. There's so many things that go into this where it's just like, that was a no brainer decision. It was so easy. And I think that helped doc in that moment of like, Clayton knows that he has to come out. So it's not like I'm going to a guy and he's going to fight me. He's not going to fight me. You know, he came off an elbow injury, missed the whole playoffs last year and has been quoted as saying that's why he came back too, because he missed that run. So now all of a sudden we're going to, we're going to risk that run again for a perfect game in April in it in 35 degree weather. It's not going to happen. I know the fans don't want to hear it, but it's, that was, that was an easy decision and not a big deal in his brain either. That was, Interesting yeah, how the game has changed. It would have been a no-brainer to leave him in, what, 10 years ago, 15 years. Like, you can't take a guy out with a perfect game. I even uh, heard of some major league clubhouses where they have a rule. If the pitcher's got a no-no or a perfect game going, manager can't take him out. Like, that was like a, a handshake deal. Uh, that that And it was just a no-brainer back in the Nolan Ryan days. But I, I heard a great – point about Johan Santana, uh, who that perfect game that he threw early uh, in the season pretty much ended his career. Uh, it, it didn't really hear much from him. Uh, injuries uh, came. Uh, so, hey, uh, as much as I wanted to see it happen and every fan wanted to see it happen, wow. Uh, pretty, I wanted uh, a coach ball game. You're looking at a guy who threw a no-hitter in high school. I threw 159 pitches. Yeah, you did. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, we, the game has completely changed and mm -hmm. it's, it's no longer, uh, you know, this bravado of like, dude, I'm not coming out. I'm staying in. There's, there's so much that goes into it. Um, and there's some really, really, really smart minds that, you know, crunch all the numbers and know if, if this pitcher throws this many pitches or this big of a workload in the first few months of the season, whatever the case may be, they've got it all figured out. It's all, yeah. You know, it's all dialed in. And uh, in this case, he was hurt, dude. And he said he didn't pick up a ball till January. So it was a weird ramp up for him. Um, and the strike or the holdout, whatever, and lockout, like a lot of factors that made it to where he just wasn't in the cards, you know, for him to throw a perfect game in April. Hey, hey. Uh, well, segue from that uh, to um... – a very interesting uh, thing that happened. It felt Barry Bonds-esque where Joe Madden uh, intentionally walked Corey Seager, uh, an, a former Dodger, uh, with the bases loaded. I'll get your take first. Um, that wasn't by the book. That was completely off the reservation of any book uh, uh, for baseball. Did you see it? What did you think? I'm glad that the Angels won the game because I can still have my take. I hated it. Um, and it, it, I mean, you could say it worked. Uh, I didn't like it personally. I think it's really hard to hit. Um, now, clearly, Angels probably have the same matchup sheet that everyone has, and that was probably a really bad matchup. But 
there's still a human side of it where it's hard to hit a baseball and he could have lined out or hit a ground ball right at somebody or hit a sack fly. And now it's first and second, two outs instead of bases loaded one out with a run in. I mean, and you know what? Good on Joe Madden. Like he put himself out there. The easy decision is to pitch to the guy. So he took a huge risk and it worked. They won the game. Uh, but I didn't like it at all. It's, it's a, it's bizarre, you know? Yeah, my it was bizarre, but that's that's kind of why I love Joe. Is he's <laughs> bizarre? It, it 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 there are many times when he's so outside the box that it 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 borders bizarre. And you saw Mike Trout like when they showed a video of him counting the the players. Wait, there's a guy on third, second, first. He just walked in a run. Um, I. Uh, what spoke to me was his, his when he went out and talked to the pitcher. I, I know for a fact he did not want the pitcher to take it personal. I think he had the discussion with him and he asked the pitcher, hey, what do you think here? What do you think about? And I think the pitcher uh, ended the sentence with put him on. And uh, Joe was like, yeah, let, let's put him on. Um now, in the moment, what's Joe doing? He's trying to stay out of the big inning. He's trying to stay away from the grand slam. Um, Corey Seager just didn't have a good feeling about it. The next guy almost hit a bomb. <laughs> he hit one deep into right center. Could have been a grand slam. And, uh, you know, it, it, either way, I think everybody's questioning uh, Joe. I'm, I'm the kind of guy... I'm Joe all the way, and and I, I'm going to stay with the bizarre when it's bizarre. Um, and and in retrospect, he said uh, maybe it'll kind of fire up the the guys a little bit. Maybe it'll it'll I don't know cause a little uh, motion in the ocean. Uh, it ended up working out. They scored a bunch of runs. They won the next three games. They won three out of four uh, against the Rangers, but as bizarre and as outside the box as that was, I got to love Joe because he's always going to be that guy. He's going to be the one guy that feels an impulse and might go with it, even though it's so anti the book. And Hey, that that's who I am. I am, I am opposite anti the book. And a lot of that is, is because of watching Joe and, and watching him, uh, try, you know, bringing magicians into the clubhouse and having a petting zoo for the teams. I've met the guy. I've talked to him. Um, just a great guy, great family. And um, it, it was bizarre enough uh, to, to make me think, hmm, <laughs> there is nothing that says do this right now. Uh, but that's Joe. That's Joe. Yeah, I mean, he took he yeah he he definitely put himself on a limb, which usually managers don't do, right? Usually, it's 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 something where every decision you make, you have to be able to explain with numbers, right? Or with like the book, like the book said to do this. We like this matchup. We like that matchup. And and I'm I didn't see his post game interview. There was probably something to that, um, but you got to give him credit for for having courage. Uh, and just doing something that it's like, man, if this doesn't work, this is one out of 162 that we're not getting back. And it's going to be because of me. And it worked. 
So uh, you got to give him, you got to give him the credit of that. Like I said, I didn't like it in the moment. I still don't like it, but I like Joe. Uh, and I like that he's not afraid to take a risk. Uh, and maybe the players like that too. You know, just the fact that it's like, dude, this guy, you know, he's, he's got a little crazy in him. And uh, maybe that makes him crazy about him. I don't know. There you go. Um, well, that was fun. So let's get to these, uh, these questions from the listeners. Some really good ones. I want to start with, with one. A um, uh, mom sent me a message, uh, just kind of a distraught, uh, confused mom. Uh, got a seven-year-old kid, and the kid loves baseball, but he's kind of getting that love of the game taken from him because his coach, little league coach, isn't spending much uh, attention on him, not playing him uh, a lot of time on the bench. And the coach is kind of fueled more towards the win and and playing the best players. And um, kind of how I started out coaching, weaning out maybe the non-elite player uh, and, and without even realizing it, pushing them to the side and, and causing them to fall out of love with the game. I think every listener right now knows uh, the gist of what we're going to say, but what, uh, what can you say to that mom? And then what can, uh, what can we say to that coach that they're going to, they're going to really hear it and, and maybe change their tune. The mom, get your kid on a different team uh, that we had to do that with our son uh, last year, coach, wasn't a very good coach. So uh, in fact, our son got bullied in the dugout and had a bloody nose. And so we quickly just said, okay, went to the president of the Little League, Bobby Felix, tremendous human, CDO Little League. Uh, he and I came on uh, the fire department together at the same time. And Bobby uh, quickly just put him on another team and he had a tremendous experience. So that would be my recommendation to the mom, to the coach, clean it up. Like if you want to be a uh, cutthroat coach go throw your hat in the ring at the club level and do it with everyone else that we're trying to change that culture in little league it's about fun they're seven years old they're not going to remember the win and for you to hang your hat on it shame on you uh, you should be creating experiences and fun and having empathy and being mindful of the kids on your team if you want a coach like that go get a college job and uh, treat it like a business and winning and all that jazz uh so yeah, shame on the coach. And for the mom, my recommendation is you need to pull your kid off that team before uh, irreparable damage is caused. I think I used that word properly. I think so. Uh, and yeah. Mike dropped to you. I, I don't have much to add to that. I know the, the mom was a little afraid of confronting the coach or talking about playing time or anything like that. And, and I gave her the uh, the, the same empowering message. No, uh, the love of the game is way more important than, um, than that fear of confrontation. Uh, I also said, Hey, uh, if, if you or dad has some extra time, start a weekly sandlot with his friends, just for the love of the game, just a Saturday morning at a nearby soccer field or open patch of grass where it's a routine, a weekly, I know I'm going to go hang out with friends, have fun, play, get five, six at-bats per game, uh, get that going too. Uh, but yeah, um, it's not quitting when you're, you're saving your, your child's baseball life. So uh, coach, clean it up, man. Come on. Uh, we can do better. And I've been there. I've been that kind of coach that looked for the win so I can relate. And I thought I was doing 
I thought I was coaching right in those moments. And I think every coach that tries to win that seven-year-old little league game, they think they're doing it right. But it's the lens you're looking through is so wrong. You don't even notice that that kid is quitting baseball. And you don't notice that six years later, they might make bad decisions because of the hate they felt uh, from you or, or just the lack of attention. Um, it, it's got to be way more about the heart. Yep. Awesome. Um, number two, uh, when selecting a travel ball program, what questions should I ask to make sure it will be a productive experience? I think uh, this parent is, you know, has heard the 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 sob stories of travel ball and i know travel ball can be great but um how do they how do they go about it the right way and make sure they're picking the right coach picking the right team chopper uh are they prioritizing development over winning that would be a question i would ask and then i would ask them how what steps do they take to create good habits and i would ask them for a practice plan like, can you show me one of your practice plans? That's what I would do if I was selecting a club team. Um, I have so many kids that come over to my team from club teams, and they don't have any idea how to field a ground ball or zero baseball IQ. And it's just really disappointing. It's like, what, who's, what are we doing? Like, what, what are we doing? If you're in that club ball realm as a coach, your job, and most of those guys have the experience, they just don't have the passion, right? Because usually those are at least college-bound coaches or call, kids that played college. They know the game. They have to to play to that level, but they don't take the time. All they do is try to accumulate a bunch of talent and win games, and their practice plans are usually BP, you know? Um, so, yeah, I would say do they prioritize development over winning? How do they go about creating good habits? And please show me a practice plan. That's great. And I think you, you, can, you can sit in the bleachers and you can watch a coach coach and you can watch them manage uh, an entire coaching staff uh, for a day or two or a couple practices and you get the vibe. You'll see, oh, he cares about winning or, oh, he cares about building character and he cares about skill development. You'll, have the, you'll, you'll sense the vibe pretty quick uh, based on just watching them for a few practices. And I think that'll give you, um, yeah, that, that'll, that'll give you what you need. So another great answer, Mr. Chad Chop. Thank you. How do you help? Yeah. How do you help an eight-year-old that gets nervous during at bats? We've talked about this on prior podcasts, but my eight-year-old is, is nervous, um, when they get the batter's box in the game. Yeah. Uh, I try to talk to them in positive tones as parents and as coaches, try to encourage them, try to help them visualize success and success being, Hey, put the ball in play, right? Uh, not these lofty go hit it over the fence. No, you're, if your kid's nervous, try to simplify, simplify his approach, try to give him one simple thing. Hey, focus on the ball. Try to see the ball, something simple. Um, and I would start there. Uh, a lot of times with kids, you know, you, we can get in all kinds of stuff, but really ultimately try to give them that positive thought going into it, help them relax, help them know, Hey, this is supposed to be fun. You know, if you win, lose or draw, we're going to Dairy Queen, create those expectations and just try to take his mind off of the fear of failure, you know, yeah. uh, as best you can. 
I think it's an elephant as well. And you're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna say, uh, you're not going to use what chopper, you know, the advice he just gave and it change immediately, but you might see it go from a strikeout on three pitches to a foul ball or a strikeout on four pitches. And there's gotta be those small, um, small goals that you make and and you let them know hey i saw that improvement this is not about you turning into a major leaguer today this is not about you uh overcoming all fears today but just the small steps up the step ladder and and let them know i want to give you this baseball card because you put the ball in play and you overcame fear and you looked more confident and looked more comfortable maybe that's it you just look to see hey uh, can can you be relaxed enough to 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 not be afraid of failure? Um, and you did that. You looked more confident. And and even though it was a strikeout, there there was there was steps made. So um, yeah, I, I think that's that's a great a great question. And um, and just, if I could add, Coach, yeah. too, like make sure they know, like, hey, I'm nervous. Like yeah. you know, what I mean, like I get nervous. Mookie Betts talked about how he deals with being nervous and how he breathes and tries to see success that he, that he learned from his daughter about visualizing. And so the very best players in the whole entire world, ask him who his favorite player is. And when he says it's, you know, Mike Trout, well, Mike Trout gets nervous. So like, yeah. they don't feel like they're on an Island and because they're nervous, they can't succeed. No, take a deep breath, do your best. And as a coach, celebrate those incremental improvements and that's how you kind of help rabbit trail and out of that uh, fear of failure. Oh boy, that that took me down a, a great thought path, uh, path there. Of when I inform these kids uh, that that I struck out five times in a game, yeah. or I, I get nervous, I see their hands loosen up on the bat. I see their shoulders relax a little bit. I see their I see them smile, and and I just see it more relaxing because they they look to they look at me as like you know uh, uh, <laughs> the guy that never gets sad or never makes mistakes um and yeah i do i i get sad i i i go through slumps and so does mike trout that's great great note there it'll help them um what age should youth players pitch in games that's a good one uh shoot man i think it depends on the kid uh, yeah. my, my, my seven-year-old could have started pitching at two, you know? Uh, so it's, it's, it depends on the kid and, and if they are able to throw strikes and they shouldn't be throwing anything other than fastballs and they shouldn't be trying to throw it as hard as they can. They should just trying to be locating. I've watched a lot of your videos on that and, uh, just trying to teach them, you know, how to be balanced throughout and to aim small and miss small. Um, but I don't think you can pinpoint a specific age. I think Little League probably does a good job. What is it, five or six, where it starts being kid pitch? Um, but yeah, you got to know your kid and you got to listen to them. If they say their arm hurts or something like that, be smart about it. They shouldn't be trying to throw as hard as they can for a while. And they shouldn't be throwing breaking balls for a while. Give them a, give them a fastball and a changeup and, and let, them, let them get after it. Absolutely. And I think this this could be a great thought for little league proper uh to to make a rule uh, give them three pitches uh per batter and then let a coach pitch or make it soft toss just to keep the game moving the one thing i notice is that 
uh, the game just shuts down when it's kid pitch. And there's, uh, there's, you know, six walks in a row. When I was eight, I would hit like four or five guys. And all of those guys have informed me, uh, you know, now that they're adults, that they quit Little League Baseball because I threw it really fast and I hit them. So I think there has to be something to that where we prioritize accuracy over speed. Uh, and yeah, uh, very small amounts of, of, of pitches to keep the game moving. I, um, I, I do like to see kids pitch and I like to see kids catch, but it slows the game down big time. And you'll see a lot of outfielders just whew, start slumping, get bored. And, uh, and same thing happens with the parents. So if we can prioritize pace of play, and, and at bats, like let's get more and more productive uh, kids hitting the ball, kids fielding the ball, kids throwing the ball. And then uh, when can they pitch? They can pitch during warmups. They can pitch with a partner and have a partner bullpen, which is what I do a lot of where you just got 20 great pitches in with a partner uh, in a bullpen session. So um, yeah, I, I, I would say, I would say once you get to the 10 year old mark, uh, then, then we start pitching. I, I think I'm a little lenient there. I was throwing a lot of pitches when I was eight, nine, 10 years old. And when I was 18, I had, um, I just, I, I wasn't throwing as fast as I was when I was 14. So I think there's some wear and tear to that. Um, so that, that's why I lean towards, uh, just wait big picture and, and then keep the pace of play up. Uh, we'll do Boaz, one more. Oh, Boaz yeah. would Boaz would fit into your uh, your three pitch rule. He had an immaculate inning uh, oh, last Saturday. So good. It's crazy. So I'm watching it sitting next to his grandpa, and uh, he three pitches strike out, three pitches strike out, first two pitches strike strike, and I'm like, I I nudge. I'm like, do you know what's about to happen right here? And grandpa yeah. didn't know. He's just like, oh, he's gonna strike out. So I'm like, no, like he's one pitch away from an immaculate inning. And yeah. Right also, three. I notice I notice um, you know when kids are are stealing on pass balls or wild pitches, um, the, the kids are just running track. Uh, you know they're just running around the bases, and baseball plays aren't be made aren't being made or prioritized. So, um, uh, you know maybe maybe canceling out. I, I know kids love to steal. Kids love to steal bases, but maybe you can only steal second. Can't steal third. Can't steal home. Um, uh, just to just to teach kids how to hit the ball, how to, how to hit the ball to right center field, how to drive kids in um, with their bat instead of just running track. So these kids um, aren't allowed. Uh, CDO does a good job over here. They're not allowed to go on pass balls. Um, nice. I think a good idea too for little leagues is start with a one, one count, which would promote what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, speeding it up. And uh, they, they do a pretty good job here. They have a, a kid standing behind like an older kid standing behind the catcher. So when they don't catch it, they they're there and they get it back pretty quick. Um, and then obviously once they walk the kid, the coach comes in and pitches, but they don't lose their strikes. So if it's a three, two count, they get one pitch, you know, after they walk yep. them, but, um, and yeah, like I agree with you, not being able to steal on pass balls at a young age is important, uh, because you learn, Hey, there's a force up the middle and you can actually learn the game and the intricacies that make it a beautiful game that we love so much. It, it also stirs up, up uh, a little bit of animosity um, between uh, teams. You know, when you've got a coach, it's just, hey, steal, steal, steal. And then the other team's like, they're only eight years old. Why? Are, what are you trying to do here? That brings uh, stirs up a little animosity. 
um, a little Bush league, if you will. So yeah, happens, um, happens in high school. It happens in club ball. I'm a club and high school coach and I have been called that it happens. Hey, Hey, is what it is. Um, Hey, let me touch on that really quick. Just in case one of my opponents are listening. The reason why we're really aggressive on the bases is because I don't think our jumps are great. And so, uh, we're stealing bases because we're trying to get better at the skill of stealing bases. And uh, some teams don't love that, but that's okay. That's a podcast for another time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, one <laughs> more question here, and, and then I think we'll, we'll close. You had something uh, with your team. Uh, how, how about what, what should I do when a seven-year-old is constantly kneeing in the outfield and picking up flowers? That'll be our last question, but uh, we kind of discussed it already about picking up the pace of play and – uh, you know, prioritizing everybody's heart instead of winning a game. But you got that kid that uh, looks like they don't want to be there. What can you do for them? Have them play a different sport. Uh, I was that kid in soccer. I was sitting down picking dandelions and making wishes. And so I, my parents were like, okay, you're not playing soccer next year. So uh, if your kid's disinterested, then figure out what he wants to do. Talk to your kid. Hey, what do you want to do on Saturdays? Because right now you're out here because mom and dad are making you be out here. And uh, I think that was Noah in the background there. Maybe Michael just popped in. Hey, now. Shirts are optional. It's hot out here in the desert. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so like I would, I would ask, I would ask my son or daughter, Hey, we committed to this. So you're going to finish this, but you know, what do you want to do next season? Do you want, what do you want to play? What do you want to do? Do you want to want to do an instrument? Do you want to do a science camp or troop? I don't know if that's a thing. But uh, yeah, if they're disinterested, they're disinterested. I hated soccer. So after that season, no more soccer for me. Baseball was my passion. So find their passion. Can't force it. Same. On. Nope. We've thrown a lot of things at our, our girls, uh, soccer, softball, uh, gymnastics, dance, and we kind of see what sticks. And for both of them, baseball hasn't stuck. They'd rather go play at the playground. Uh, same with soccer but they'll run to the dance studio. They'll run to the gymnastics uh, studio. And, and so we kind of follow their lead there because yeah, we want, we just want them being active and, and if they can become good athletes, uh, perfect, but uh, yeah, they uh, they're picking the dandelions, then try a different sport. I'm with you there. Um, You, you, you're just going to drive yourself crazy if you're trying to push your motives onto them just kind of notice what they love and, and follow that. They can be well-rounded uh, on a chess club just as much as they can on a baseball team. So um, good stuff, man. Uh, you had something to close us out, your team. You know, you're, you're winning games. You're a high school baseball coach. Uh, what do you got? Yeah, so really proud of the boys. Uh, we had a 14-game winning streak. It was just snapped last week. And so it gave us this opportunity to kind of reflect on what we had done. And when you look at the numbers, uh, run differential of 178 runs in 14 games, uh, 455 batting average, a 2.02 team ERA, 213 runs scored versus 35 runs allowed. We threw three no hitters and two one hitters. And the average score of each game was 15 to two crazy so um it happened at the right time uh as a coach you welcome a loss because it's a learning moment and it's an opportunity to reset and double down on the process that's going to hopefully help us propel 
through the playoff run, the state tournament that's about to start. Uh, but we're 15 and two, really proud of the kids, um, proud of the team that beat us, man. That's, that's we're, we're a good team. And uh, they did a really good job. They, they bunted, they slashed, they thought outside the box. We made five errors and uh, they beat us six to four, but they put pressure on us. They did it. They did a really good job. So I was impressed with them, with the coaches and with those players as well. Um, but yeah, we're, uh, it was pretty cool. When you look back at the numbers, three, no hitters and two, one hitters. Is, that's insane. It speaks to, you know, how great coaches going about it the right way. They can get the most out of their players. And, and you didn't set your sights on those numbers. When you took the job, you set your sights on and what you say to your kids every day at practice is how's your heart? Uh, how's your, um, uh, how's your personal life? How's your mental health? Uh, and you go about it that way. And then these numbers will come, right? And and it's not about those numbers, but when you're, when you're, when you're about the heart, they will come. Those numbers will come. Uh, Tommy Lasorda, his fa famous quote, uh, it was on his wall uh, that uh, the happy cows make, make the most milk. They make the best milk. And when uh, when they're loved on and they know that that uh, that their their coach is a man of integrity or a woman of integrity and and cares about their character, um, they're they will perform better in the big moments for them. So, well done. Also, uh, small note, you know, I started out saying I was a little in the dumps. Uptick in the happiness, feeling better already. Just yeah. talking about coaching, talking with my buddy Chad Chop. Um, it, it, it really is, it is something how when you just do stuff that, that, that brings you joy and, and, and you, you hang around people that, uh, uh, that kind of speak selflessness into you and, and productivity, you get an uptick in happiness. So uh, feeling better already, we're ready to tackle the day. Good, buddy. I, I wanted to finish with just telling you how proud I am of you and who you are. And just I'm thankful for your friendship. And uh, I mean, I'm, I really am. I mean that I'm, I'm you're just you're great and you're awesome. And I tell you that all the time. But I want to say it again that uh, I'm just really thankful that God brought you into my life. And I appreciate all that you do and the lives that you impact you're just a special dude, and I wish that you would move to Oro Valley, Arizona. <laughs> that was a dig sesh. That was a jock. That was, man. I mean it. Right there. I mean it, man. You're the best. It's like every time I see you, you bring a big smile to my face. You do that to thousands of kids and parents, and we all love you. So I hope you have a great day, and I'm so thankful for our friendship, man. You're the best. Oh, right back at you, man. You're so good at that, just uh, uh, empowering others with your words and uh and the dig sesh is 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 a real thing and uh i think it's easy John, when it's true bud <laughs> oh it's easy when it's true our big thanks to tommy gold our producer and editor uh attaboy tommy gold we're gonna get this one out uh tomorrow because you know it'll, it'll be old hat if we uh drop it next week and and we'll keep it rolling we won't do an mlb recap every every week but uh we'll keep in tune with the major leagues and uh, we'll keep taking your questions and, and talking shop. It's an uptick in the happiness. Atta boy. Atta boy. Have a great week, everyone. Have a great week, Coach Ballgame. Don't forget to rake out there. Random act of kindness every day. <laughs>